Blog Talk Radio. It cannot be emphasized strongly enough the beauty, purity, and perfection of who you really are. You are not your illness, your finances, or your loneliness. There's nothing wrong in your life that you don't have the power to correct, and you are unlimited in your ability to tap into that power. Welcome. I'm Janet Richmond, and this is the Higher Self Voice. Welcome, welcome, everyone, and thanks so much for tuning in, as always. Uh, I just want you to know the show will be posted on my website at some point. Two shows were not posted, the one for April 26th, and then I think it was May 3rd, because there were technological problems, and I'm going to be redoing those shows. So you won't find those on there, but you should find just about everything else. Um, Last week is not on there yet. So in any case, last week and this week should probably be put on sometime in the next few days. But you can find them elsewhere, which is really great. You can find them on Blog Talk Radio itself. You can also find it on your iPhone and your Android Droid phone on the podcast app. On the iPhone, it comes on it automatically. It just podcasts. It's a purple symbol with a microphone. If you use if you go in searching higher self voice radio you will find me the android is i do believe you have to download the app but it's free and it's called Castbox. in any case you'll find me there and so it's it's exciting you have a lot of availability to find these podcasts and listen again and again and again and it's a lot of meat in each one i don't give you just one simple idea week after week i <laughs> I'm pushing lots of stuff at you, and hopefully with one listening, you get some of it. With a second or third or tenth listening, you'll get all of it. I know, too, that sometimes it helps to go back and listen to something from weeks or months before, simply because you're going to find you hear things and take things in 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 a different way, and that's what happens to me as I reread and as I'm preparing for all the shows. I reread a lot of the information I heard years ago, and I remember a lot of it too. I'm reminded as I read it, and guess what? I'm like, oh my gosh, so that's what that means, and I have a whole new context now. So you'll find that happens to you too. So I do recommend that you listen more than once. Anyway, uh, I also want to say that if you want to contact me for any reason, you can use my email, jv, as in Victor, v, as in Victor, m, as in Mary, Richmond, so that's j2vs, mrichmond, at gmail.com. You can ask questions, you can make comments, you could suggest uh, a topic you want me to cover, you can ask for a healing you can do whatever. I'm really open and I do get back to everyone. Sometimes there's a delay of, of, of a day or maybe even two days, depending on my situation. But I always, always get back to people. So um, I just want you to know, please contact me with anything. Now, I'll give you the call-in number, 646-668-8565. You can use this call-in number just to listen to the show. You can also call in if you want to talk to me on air. I think you hit star one or one star, something like that. 
and it shows there's a question mark in front of your phone number, so I know you're not just listening, that you'd like to speak to me for some reason. So you can call in anytime. In, 19, in 2015, I did only healings on the show, so I did have call, people who called in, and I also had people email me. Sometimes you can't get to the show at the time it's live, but you can email me ahead and say, I'd really like a healing. And that's what happened today. I do have a request for a healing for someone named Tim. So I will be doing that healing at the end of the show. It is a big show today because I have a healing uh, for Tim. So, and it's really perfect because when I do the amalgamation, I'm going to bring in the energies that are related to the information I'll be giving on the evolutionary thrust, but then we'll move right into the healing of the gentleman named Tim. And I'll read you at the end, I'll read you what, what's his, what the issue is. So you'll know. And, and it's, you're, you're just going to feel at the heart level, a tremendous amount of empathy for Tim just by hearing the description. And it wasn't Tim that wrote me. It was um, someone who knew, who knows him fairly well who wrote me and requested this healing for Tim, and, and it's this person who writes the, the description of what's going on with Tim. Okay. <clears throat> I do want to just give you a big bit of news. I will be on the show next week on May 24th, but the next two shows, May 31st and June 7th, the show will be dark. I'd be traveling in the, in the plane both of those days, and it just seems that Wednesday must be the slowest travel day of the week because it always seems to have the better deals for travel. So I'll be doing quite a bit of traveling this this summer, and so it um, I do want to be uh, smart about that. So unfortunately, it means that my shows will be dark. But I will be back on, and you never know where I'll be, <laughs> my travel schedule, where it's going to take me, and what the situation is going to be. One summer, I think it was in 2013, no, no, but yeah, 2013, I was in Vermont, and I was um, writing my second book, and was doing a show from there, and one, one day... <laughs> The neighbor where we were, where I was staying, took out a, you know, um, some sort of, I don't know, farming equipment or something and started it running. And it was just absolutely so loud I couldn't hear. And, uh, you know, so you just never know. It's going to be what it is. Uh, (laughs) um, We'll just see. I'll also be doing it on a different computer and and hopefully the sound quality will be better or as good as this, if not, at least not too much worse. So that's the scoop on that. And we have a big show, so I'm going to get started. Now, today's uh, topic, as you know, if you've read the little blurb, is about the evolutionary thrust. Now, you know I talk about it quite a bit. I mention it quite a bit. And I do believe that I've had even a show or a part of a show that talked about it specifically. But it is such a important force that's going on now that I just felt to do it again. And of course, there is new information here as well, information that has not come out on the show. But there, so there is a bit of review for those of you who have listened to the show before enough to uh, 
um, remember and recall the information about the evolutionary thrust, but there will also be some new information. And it's just, um, it's just a very important topic. But I do want to say, just as the higher self are getting into this nitty-gritty of this show, the tape cut off, and the gal who did the transcription of the tape said she looked at all the others because I have copies of the tapes, several, quite a few of the tapes, and in every one, the tape was cut off. So there were two areas that I had to go, not had to, but I happily did it. Um, I went and got information because the information from Joan was cut off. So I don't know that it's exactly the same information that she brought in because honestly, I can't remember what she brought in, but I do think it's good information that will fill, um, will help you understand at least what potentially we're going to talk about. <laughs> okay. So again, there'll be a healing on Tim at the end of the information part. I do want to recommend, we haven't done healings on the show uh, for some other individual for quite a while. And so I want to remind you that each and every one of you, when we go into the amalgamation, please amalgamate yourself. And no matter what is coming up for Tim, act as if you have it and start to release whatever the issue is, whatever the pattern is, whatever the emotion is or the misunderstanding, release it into your own light so that you can take full advantage of this healing on Tim. And I know, based on what's going on with him, that, that he's not the only one that has this kind of pattern. So I really, really encourage each and every one of you to use the healing for yourselves as well. Okay, so let's get started. This is a Wednesday group led by Joan Culpepper on April 21st in 1990. And I do, in this particular one, I do have her amalgamation transcribed. There were a few that I didn't, but most of them, thank goodness, we do have them because it, it's just beyond powerful what she, how she does it. So it's so nice for me to be able to share it with you. Okay, so I want everyone just to get comfortable if you can and take a few deep breaths. Let's begin tonight by quieting our minds. And in this state of quiet, I ask that each of you remain absolutely conscious. Please do not go into the outer state. Remember in consciousness, strike that, remain in consciousness so that you can consciously focus your energy into this process. Now in the state of quiet, let each of us focus our attention on the light within with the understanding that this light is symbolic of our pure soul essence, and it connects us to the originating source of all energy. Joan spells the word out here as I-N-N-E-R-G-Y, energy, and with all life in all levels. Now continue to focus your attention on the light within, with the understanding that contained within this light each of us carry our highest, most purest, most perfect point of power. And within the center of this light, we are the perfection and the reflection of all that originating source was, all that originating source is, and all that originating source is becoming. Continue to focus on your light. 
remembering that any time you desire to touch your highest, most purest, most perfect point of power, you have only to consciously focus your attention upon that light within. Now let us take a moment and very slowly let us allow the light to grow until we stand completely and totally encompassed within its center. Remember, to think it is to create it. The moment you think within your mind, I am standing within my pure soul essence. You have created that, and it is a reality. Now, as we stand encompassed within the light of our pure soul essence, I ask that we be joined in one accord. And in the state of one accord, I ask that we be taken into the originating source of all energy. And from this level, I ask that we be amalgamated with the totality of all of our higher selves. And into this amalgamation, I ask that we draw from any level or any dimension, any soul aspects that we carry, so that we stand united and whole throughout this session. At this time, I invite the higher selves from any realm or any direction who care to join with us in this session to please come forward now and amalgamate with us. At this time, I ask the pure to be the pure and perfect instrument to receive the information, to understand it, and articulate it from its highest level. And I ask that each of us, collectively and individually, be pure and perfect instruments to receive the information and to manifest it from its highest level in accord with the divine plan of each individual and in accordance with our service commitment to humanity. Now at this time, I would ask each of, each of you to join in the healing circle. And if you will, please visualize in the center of the room a brilliant circle of light that is very fluid in movement. This circle of light expands and therefore can hold the totality of all that need assistance in the healing. And as we focus our attention upon this healing circle light, understand that the higher selves involved with healing tend this circle of light and are in a constant state of assisting the souls that are placed within within it until such time the souls are able to partake of the healing energy in its totality. And please remember that this healing circle created through our thought and our desire tonight is a constant. And therefore, any point in the future now that you desire to bring healing to an individual, a situation, a condition, you only have to think within your mind and focus your attention upon this healing circle of light and place the name of the individual or the situation or the condition within it. I now ask each of you to thought project into the center of the healing circle, for we too can benefit from all it has to offer. And as we stand within the center of the healing circle, let us take a few moments to process the names of any individuals you might desire to place within the healing circle. You may do this silently, or if you feel to do so, you may call the name out loud and understand that the higher selves that tend this healing circle move into your mind and take that name before you can consciously focus or consciously vocalize the name. But if you desire to place the names verbally, please feel free to do so in this moment. We ask the higher selves to tend the healing circle and to continue to work with us within our minds so that you do not have to worry if down the line you remember a name and that you feel you should have placed in the circle. With your permission, they will continue to process this. 
Let us verbalize now and ask that the souls from any level or any dimension who desire to participate in this healing circle to come forth. Let us place the planet itself within the healing circle. Let us place the healing community as they work to address situations of illness where healing is needed and necessary. Those that are involved with research for AIDS and cancer and other diseases. Diseases. Let us ask for those souls who have no one to ask for them. Let us surrogate for those souls and call them in for healing. And let us stand now centered within this group. And from the heart center, I ask each of you to flow forth divine love. You may see this or perceive this any way you desire, for to think it is to create it. Let us send forth this flow of divine love. And as we flow it forth, let all souls within the healing circle take from it what their soul desires. Let those souls hold it within the soul space and use it to the degree they can until such time it is completely and totally used up and they stand divinely loved within their own right. And let us flow forth absolute healing and perfection. Each of you have the ability to heal. So send that, send a, that healing energy in in any way you desire to send it. Allow it to flow, remembering that you stand centered within this and you partake of the divine love and healing energy, energy within your own right. Now let us ask that the higher selves remain anchored here in the healing circle and that the healing circle continue to grow and expand. Let us ask it become the magnetic attraction for all souls at any level who desire to be drawn into it for healing and protection. Let us divinely love at this moment and let us divinely love all souls and let us be at one in touch with the totality of our pure soul essence, the originating source, and our higher selves. Okay, this is Janet. I wasn't going to break in here, but I just have to say that you probably heard my voice change, but when when Joan asked that we be we be surrogates for those souls that have no one to ask for them, makes me cry. And I've read that sentence many times because I do have to review all of this. There are many typos. There are many things um, that I do edit in small ways, but fairly a lot of them. Read that sentence many times before, but at this moment, it really touched me because there are souls out there, everyone, that have no one to ask for them. So please remember, as you're doing this work and as you're sending out light and what and healing in whatever way you do, remember those souls that have no one else to ask for them. Okay. I'm sorry. I just have to let this clear for a moment. Move it into the light. I've been very triggered, you know. I want to move this emotional this emotionalizing all this emotion into the light so that I can continue. I went to, I had a mammogram 
yesterday and after the mammogram, the very nice technician, she turned to me and she said, now I want to ask you a question. Is that okay? I said, sure. She said, are you feeling safe at home? Is there any reason why you might feel, you know, threatened or in danger or unsafe? <laughs> I just burst out crying and I gave her a hug for the same reason, because here's a woman center, correct? Doing mammograms. And it just made me so happy that someone was there asking all of the women that go through the center, and I'm sure that there were more than just she, this is a large center, asking just in case there was someone that had couldn't say to anybody, I'm unsafe here, I'm being abused at home for whatever reason. So anyway, it's the same thing. I don't know. This must be something that's coming up. It's bubbling up for me, and uh, just sharing it with you. <laughs> the technician was a little taken aback, I think, because I'm giving her this big hug. But I was really touched and very thrilled um, that this kind of thing uh, is there. Okay. So I'm going to take a deep breath and continue with the higher self information. <clears throat> Tonight, the higher self would address this group with the ideas and concepts as they pertain to the evolutionary thrust. The evolutionary thrust is a process that is underway, not only on this planet, but in the totality of all the evolutionary phases, from the lowest level of soul evolution to the very highest, within the inner dimension and within all of the outer dimensions. And you are part of this evolutionary thrust. And if you hold in consciousness the understanding of what this evolutionary thrust is all about, it will assist each of you in more easily and efficiently processing into higher levels of your own evolutionary awakening. It's important for each of you that carry the dual soul nature to remember that this process of awakening is not a process of learning. It is not a process of growing. It is a process of remembering, first, at a very unconscious level, all that you are, and being able, in that unconscious remembering, to lay claim to the totality of the power that is contained within, quote, all that you are, unquote. The evolutionary thrust, then, could be viewed as a process that's underway so that each soul in every level can make a movement forward with or without that soul's cooperation. It's true you live in a free will community, and it's true that the souls have the ability to make choices and decisions. And in many instances, this has created misconceptions where certain ideas and concepts play themselves out, such as the idea that there are many souls that will not make it into the heavens, into the higher levels of evolution. However, first, Heaven is not the end game or the end result of evolution. So that's a primary misconception. And second, every soul in every level will make it to wherever it is going simply because of the movement of this evolutionary thrust. Janet. Please do understand that every soul in every level will make it. In any case, whether or not there's an evolutionary thrust, 
but the evolutionary thrust generates so much pull that souls have no choice but to respond and move with it at an accelerated manner. No options to hang out for the millennia or many millennia as, the, as there were up to this point in time. And this is true for all human souls. In fact, in my second book, Soul Psychology, Our Journey Through the Human Kingdom Universe, I do have a section toward the end of the book called Expanded Perception, the Divine Paradox, the Evolutionary Thrust. The paradox that's explained there is how we can be in a free will kingdom, making our own decision, being our own directing identity, and yet also be guided by divine will. It, it really is all explained and clarified there because this book is about the human evolutionary journey through, through the human kingdom. Um, and it's an important book because the more we understand, of course, the more knowledge we have in our consciousness, the better off we are in consciousness is power. You've heard the higher self say this over and over. The book really is, and I, I'm, I'm so difficult for me to market myself, so I kind of pretend in a way <laughs> that I didn't write this book. In fact, it's higher self information, um, but it is an eye-opener for many different reasons. And I did include the section toward the end. It's between the main part of the book and the appendices because, about the evolutionary thrust because this is such a vital, important, significant bit of information. And it plays a huge role in our lives now because we are on a journey of awakening. Now, I do not talk in this book about the fifth dimensional aspects. This is coming out in these radio shows. It will eventually be in a book how we are, you know, moving it, it how it's different for us and what our mission is and all of that. But it's still extremely important to all other levels of souls and to us at the human level. So it's a powerful book, and it gives you a lot of guidance, a lot of it's aha moments. Oh, my gosh, you're, you're going to have questions answered you didn't know you had. <laughs> and if there's techniques in there to help yourself, there's a lot in this book. And, and by the way, I did win a gold medal for it in a contest for for people who self-published, and it was a contest that had many different categories, and I entered the book under the New Age category, Mind, Body, and Spirit. I did win. It It is really an incredible book. It really is, guys, and, and it just, I hope that you will get it, and it's available on Amazon. It's in print. It's an ebook. It's also on Kindle and iBook and book nook or whatever it's just it's it's available everywhere and this summer i do hope to make it an audiobook again it's not about hey i'm so great i wrote this great book it really is about letting you know that you have at your fingertips not only these podcasts these radio shows but if you're one that reading something is something you like to do. I mean, you know, there are different types of learners. Here's an opportunity to really read this material. Um, and eventually you can listen to it um, when I get the audio book done. Oh my gosh, that's been a dream for years. But anyway, that is what it is. So anyway, that's me. Um, 
Again, it's called Soul Psychology, Our Journey Through the Human Kingdom Universe. Okay? All right. Now I'm going to go back to the higher self information. In the beginning, the originating source was unevolved and inexperienced, and yet contained within this originating source were what could be viewed as the masculine-feminine components of energy that went into the totality of this unevolved energy. Over eons of time, this energy continued to grow and to build until such time the masculine-feminine component of that energy connected and gave birth to what could be viewed as the first universe, for there are and have been many universes and many dimensions. And in that first birthing pattern, that originating source, the originating source experienced its first vibration simply based on the experience of giving birth to that first universe. The process of evolution could be viewed in simplistic terms as moving through various dimensional realms as the soul reaches the point of being able to move from one realm into another realm. In that first birth of that first universe, the process of evolution was begun. You must remember that at all times, all life in all levels is connected to the originating source by that pure soul essence, which is the perfection and the reflection of all that ultimately gave birth to it. Therefore, each soul in any level carries the androgynous masculine vibration and the androgynous feminine vibration. Okay, I skipped something, guys. Something's not right here. What the heck did I do? Just one sec. Okay, what did I I do? I skipped something. I'm so sorry. Oh, my gosh. Okay. They tell us that it's important for each of us to remember this is a process of awakening, not learning. I read that paragraph. Okay. Um, and there were misconceptions and mis- misunderstandings that played themselves out, such as some souls wouldn't make it into the heavens, into the higher levels of evolution, and that heaven was not the end game, and that every soul in every level will make it to wherever they're going simply because of the evolutionary thrust. Then I did talk to you about, okay, that part. All right, so that's good. Wait a minute. Where do I have that part? Oh, okay. I guess I didn't. I guess I didn't go off. I'm. I don't know. I was thinking something else was coming up. In that first birth, that first universe. Okay. 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 I'm so sorry. I don't usually screw up like this, but I did. In that first birth, of that first universe, the process of evolution was begun. For you must remember that at all times, in all levels that all life and all levels is connected to the originating source by that pure soul essence, which is the perfection and reflection of that that ultimately gave birth to it. Therefore, each soul at any level 
carries the androgynous masculine vibration and the androgynous feminine vibration. In this process of con- in this process of connection to what gave birth to it, the originating source, and the evolutionary process was begun. Okay, so this is Janet. I did have to ask the higher self about these terms because I didn't really understand what it meant by the androgynous masculine vibration and the androgynous feminine vibration. To me, it seemed a little conflicting how you can be masculine and androgynous. And the higher self that just said simply that within the androgynous energy field of the originating force, originating source, there is a masculine vibration and the feminine vibration. And we carry that within the pure soul essence. And it reminded me of a symbol that I had gotten in my meetup group, that of an egg with a double yolk. They're not very common, but every once in a while you'll see an egg with a double yolk. And uh, in this analogy, just imagine that one of the yolks carries the masculine principle and the other yolk carries the feminine principle. Both yolks, both the masculine and feminine, are contained within the totality of the egg. So in essence, Every soul carries the pure soul essence and they carry both of these vibrations within the androgynous energy field of the soul. Okay, so that's it. Higher self. The originating source of energy is the capstone of the evolutionary dimension and does not have its seat in the human kingdom heavens, as is misunderstood by many individuals. For the human kingdom heavens are part of the fourth dimensional realm. Simplistically speaking, The evolutionary dimensions are made up of seven levels, the mineral, plant, animal, human, the fifth, sixth, and seventh dimensions in this evolutionary reality. This originating source then has been strengthened and enriched for eons of time by every experience that has ever been experienced by any soul, from the smallest grain of sand to the highest, most evolved entity in the furthest reaches of the outer dimensions. And over periods of time, you could view the originating source as becoming so full of all the experiences that are being fed along the pipelines from the pure soul essence that the originating source must take a giant leap forward in its own evolutionary process. Each soul connected to that originating source by the pure soul essence, with the connection being symbolically viewed as a beam of light, is then pulled correspondingly along this evolutionary thrusting set up by the originating source. Janet. Okay. I believe I've used this analogy before on the show, but I do feel it is very useful, and I want to use it again as a result. So I want you to imagine an actual long jumper. You know you've seen in the Olympics or in track and field competition There are long jumpers who start way, way, way back, and they start to run from a stop. They're standing, and they start to run, and they run faster, faster, faster. They gather speed, and when they get to the point where they're supposed to jump, they take a giant leap over this pit of sand, right? This is, in essence, what's happening with with the originating source. As it's been fed over many over ages and from every single soul in every single level in every single dimension in every single reality both this reality that we're in and the outer realities 
it is picking up so much of the experiences that it is moving faster and faster and faster, and it is preparing for a giant leap forward. Now, just as the long jumper brings the totality of his body with him on that run and in for that jump, it doesn't leave fingers or legs or hearts or lungs behind. It takes the totality of its physical body with him. I mean, it's laughable, isn't it, to think of as he's running, he's dropping off parts of himself? doesn't happen. He takes the totality of every cell with him on the run and on the jump. In this same way, originating source carries the totality of all souls with it because we are all there is. We are the expression, the totality of all the souls are the expression of the originating source energy, just like the body is the expression for that long jumper of the DNA that the the person, the, the long jumper, uh, received from the parents. It is the full expression, and the full expression moves with the jumper as he runs and then makes the leap. It is the very same with the originating source. Okay. So I think you understand why we are all being pulled. Okay. The originating source of energy is the capstone. Oh, no, no. I almost goofed up again. Higher self. It's important then to remember that the human individuals that are being pulled along this line of thrusting still have experiences that are unresolved. They are still involved in processes where choices and decisions they have made must be handled in one way or another. In this evolutionary thrusting then, the soul could be viewed as being pulled through all those experiences that have been unresolved and all of the choices and the decisions that must be worked out in a very short, compressed period of time. Therefore, the soul undergoing the evolutionary thrusting undergoes it in a pattern of great intensity, and it must condense the pattern into a very short period of time. Many of the experiences that have been unresolved. And this can create a tremendous amount of pain for the individual. For simplistically speaking, this individual could be going through in a year the resolution of all those unresolved experiences that ordinarily would have lasted over a 10 or 12 or 20 year period to get unresolved, to get resolved. The three lower kingdoms evolve along instinctive lines. And therefore, when the three lower kingdoms move along the evolutionary thrust, there is no major pattern that needs to be addressed. So you could view this movement of the three lower kingdoms as one that is more compatible with with the evolutionary thrust than that of the human kingdom. In the process as it pertains to each of you that carry the dual soul nature, you stand on the threshold of great discovery, which could be viewed at one level as true self-discovery, for in this process of pull-through, you will each begin to unravel the mysteries of the self. And in this unraveling, you will begin to stand in a place, both consciously and unconsciously, of laying claim to the truer, higher part of the self. In this evolutionary thrusting, you will reach a point of ridding yourselves of the unresolved vibrations that you process. 
But each dual soul individual carries a dimensional consciousness. Therefore, the self that you will be moving toward in, in this claiming of the true self has nothing to do with the fourth dimensional consciousness within which you find yourself at this point in time. The true self that you move toward is that fifth dimensional consciousness. For each of you are volunteers. You've been in place for eons of time. You carry a fourth dimensional facade consciousness, a fourth dimensional facade body. But this is not your true totality. This is only the vehicle of expression that you use in this reality as you move along this vibration of assisting and servicing the humanities. In the higher dimensional realm, each of you at one point in time volunteered to return to the human kingdom after having completed your human graduation and were in process of evolving in the fifth dimension. In the volunteer process, each of you, as an androgynous being of light, returned in a very de-intensified form and became part of the mainstream of the various human communities throughout the human kingdom universe. You've worked both in the body form and have worked out of body in the human kingdom heaven, but you have always, at one level or another, serviced the humanity, even in those lifetimes where you were totally unaware of who you were and what you were in to do. In this evolutionary thrusting, you could view this evolutionary movement as seeing the planet advance tens of thousands of years in the next 2,000 years. Each of you are moving unconsciously in place within the acceleration of this evolutionary thrust, pioneering this evolutionary, strike that, this transformational process in order to demonstrate to the human community the movement along which higher evolution can be accomplished. The evolutionary thrust then is important to each of you where you are being pulled through at your fourth dimensional conscious conscious level and you are experiencing and will continue to experience the higher frequency of this evolutionary thrust simply because at the true soul essence level, each of you are running at a higher rate of evolutionary speed than that of the true human, Janet. Okay, so in essence, we're moving ahead of the true human but this does not mean in any way that we are better than or more elite. It simply means we volunteer to do a mission and we are in place to fulfill that mission. Higher selves. Additionally, as you move through these various vibrations, you will reach a point of appearing to expand your own consciousness and each of you will appear to become far more intelligent than you are at this point in time. Janet. I'm telling you, every time I read that, it cracks me up. <laughs> anyway, uh, we are we will appear to become far more intelligent than we are at this point in time, tapping into sources of wisdom and knowledge that we have no way of knowing in this reality. It's also important for each of you to know and understand that you are here on a volunteer mission. You are all here on a volunteer mission based on the commitment you made eons and eons and eons and eons of time ago. And therefore, you have no conscious remembrance of the mission. In this reality, for you have built up through your millions of sojourns as facade humans through the totality of the human kingdom universe, 
a facade, fourth dimensional vibration that has not permitted you to truly touch and reach that highest part of yourself. You cannot reach it if you cannot remember it. In this process, you are removing these encrustments so that you can see freely and clearly and lay claim to that that is the highest part of yourself. Understand also that the commitment to the humanities on this planet will not be carried out through temples and through metaphysical churches that are established. In ancient days on this planet, as many of you know, the mystical schools of evolution were that, a mystery to the majority of the souls on the planet. And the information was presented in secret and very few humans were able to process in that initiation pattern. But what you must all be aware of is on this planet today, you are in a high-tech evolution. This evolutionary thrust ultimately will take every dimensional level and every soul within those levels into higher leaps of evolutionary consciousness. Therefore, every soul on this planet is in place at this point in time in order to be part of the process that you and many others will ultimately play out. If you are to reach every soul on the planet, you must formulate a pattern that will work. For the majority of the souls on this planet are ill-prepared at this point in time to hear spiritual words, to hear spiritual messages. In order to reach the souls upon the planet, the process that will be used on this planet could be viewed as veiled. Many of you know about the veil, as many of you have worked this type of process, or the message was camouflaged in other or on other planetary systems. Many of you in this room have worked in this manner and do not know it. The process of veiling the message is set up where individuals come together, blending, blending their energy and utilizing forms of entertainment to reach the masses of the world. Each fifth dimensional incarnate in human facade form in any time-space dimension carries that true soul essence within and all of the experiences that have gone into reaching that evolved space. If you can get behind the idea that the fifth dimensional realm runs at such a high rate of evolutionary speed that it would kill all that it came into contact with in its intensity, and if you can get behind that the idea that each one of you returning in that facade vibration carries the de-intensified frequency of that fifth dimensional soul space. And if you can get behind the idea that this energy is ongoing 24 hours a day, it has never been turned off at any point in time, in any lifetime, for the millions of years you have sojourned as facade humans. And if you can get behind that this energy is a source that knows no time, space, or distance, then you will realize you have been fully operational in this lifetime and in any other lifetime, whether you knew consciously what it was all about or not. In fact, in many of your lifetimes, you required resting. I mean, it's not easy to be out there working and trying to throw all this stuff together. That was Joan's comment. So all of you need rest in many of these lifetimes, and yet you volunteer to assist the humans. 
You go to sleep inside the body in that lifetime, but the energy does the work for you. And it is in this sense that you teach by being. In this process of high-tech evolution, the souls are now being called together from different parts of the United States, from different parts of the world. This process will start small. It is, it is even now, now manifesting through the minds of several people that are unknown to this group. Janet. Okay. It is at this point where the tape cuts off. So we don't know what the higher self were going to say. But I did go in and I asked them, and here's what they told me. Again, I'm not sure it's what they said in that session in 1990. But in any case, I do think it clarifies a possibility of where they could have been going. Um, first, they explained to me a little bit more the idea about veiling the message. This is simply a process where we get a message across and provide the higher frequencies of the fifth dimensional energies for the humanities without them knowing in consciousness what we're doing. It's not about fooling them or scamming them. It's about finding other ways to teach, to help, to balance, to heal, other than standing on a pulpit or, like me, talking on a radio show, hitting them with the direct head-on messages. The veiling of the message is done in so many different ways, I couldn't list them all, but they, they did mention entertainment, and, and they were very clear when I went in that this is a big way where the fifth dimensional messages come across. It is very viable, and it's used often, this medium of entertainment. So, for example, they, they started to mention groups of individuals get together. So you'd have groups of individuals, for example, that would work on a project, a project of doing a play or making a movie or creating a record or a videoed radio show where the subject matter perhaps has nothing to do with spirituality, but it carries the message in a veiled way in two ways. One, fifth dimensional energy is infused in everything we touch, guys. Even our names carry it. So somebody reading our name has access to the higher frequency of energy or hearing our name. Same patterns are therefore often used by fifth dimensionals because this way the energy gets out to so many more. If we do not carry a same pattern, it doesn't mean we're not helping. We are certainly spreading the energy in everything we touch, every grocery store we walk into, every job we have. Every time we are out there, we are sending the energies. So it is, does not mean in any sense of the word we don't help if we don't have a same pattern. I'm just being really clear that this is one way that we do help in a veiled way by being fifth dimensional and working in this entertainment field uh, with groups. The second way is often the words, the action and the characters, the stories in a book, uh, the elements of caring for others, reaching, reaching out to help, acceptance of those that look different. These kind of elements can be in these stories, can be in the songs, can be in the movies. For example... I don't know if you guys have seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but um, I happen to be a big hero, <laughs> superhero school person. Of course, I'm a big hero 
movies, a fan of hero movies. So I've already seen Guardians of the Galaxy. And we have a lot of messages that don't hit somebody right over the head, but they're part of the storyline. For example, the, the main character, and I don't want to give up too much, you know, has a, a love relationship with a, not developed, but there's an element of a love relationship with an alien. So here you're seeing two people who look different, you know, caring for one another. And so this is a subtle message to accept people, you know, don't judge a book by its cover and acceptance of all life in all levels. So, so that's a simple way of veiling a message. And also there's another storyline with two sisters in the movie and they've been at war and trying to almost kill each other, virtually kill each other in a lot of many, many years. And there's a whole storyline with that and has to deal with forgiveness and understanding. And so it's, there's a lot of messages in a movie that entertains that is global. It goes out all over the world. It reaches many, many of the humanities and it's carrying the message. So not only does it carry it because it's, there's fifth dimensional energies that are involved in creating the movie, but also the, um, the storyline is not hammering somebody with, <laughs> wow, you need to forgive others, you know, that kind of thing. Forgive those who hurt you or whatever, you know, somebody like me might give a direct message. So that's one of the, that's a lot. To, uh, this was what they were talking about, failing the message. There's another, there's another way that another arena that is very important that the higher self uh, told me about when I asked. They said that people also come together to create buildings, theme parks, uh, all sorts of structures that using colors, shapes, designs that carry fifth dimensional frequencies, uh, even theme parks that are intended by so many humanities all over the world, even though they're, they're fun, they the people are not aware as they work, walk through um, various buildings or whatever, that they are taking in energies through the colors and the shapes uh, that of the building um, and within the building, they're taking in fifth dimensional energies. Uh, so this is important. The, I want to talk um, to, I just want to mention art, art, the visual arts, very important because any fifth dimensional that creates a piece of art, it, their energy is infused in the whole, in the picture, in the medium. And this picture is available for many people to see and the, the energies have helped them in that way. I do want to just mention that I do catalytic art. It is a type of art that catalyzes change for anyone that looks at it. And it is uh, a kind of art the higher self told me, trained me to do, how the techniques to do it is it's different than perhaps um, the normal techniques of art. But in any case, whether it's catalytic art or regular art, it is very, very, very uh, important when fifth dimensionals come, are creating these pieces of art. And it just 
it's a way to get the message out that's not direct. It's indirect, but it provides the energy for all souls that want to partake of it. Okay. I do also want to mention the tech revolution because they mentioned it, but they never really got into it. So I'm thinking that they would have. So I asked about that. And what they said was they want, they reminded me that throughout the evolution of man, the technology has evolved, has expanded, has gotten more and more complicated. And they said that it's a reflection of the evolutionary movement forward of man. Now, in the animal kingdom, for example, as animals evolved, we see the reflection of the evolutionary movement by increasingly complex physical bodies. So you start in the animal kingdom as a one-celled amoeba, for example, and then you become more complex like a sponge or, you know, that kind of thing, or grasses, and eventually you get fruits and flowers and trees and, and all of that. But in the human kingdom, where the bodies, for the most part, uh, no longer evolve. The evolution is, the learning in the human kingdom is one of conscious awareness and assimilating the animal nature and moving into the purity of the human nature. And so what is a reflection of our evolution is the technology is the reflection of our evolutionary movement forward. So, you know, in primitive man, where they're very early in the evolutionary process of the human uh, evolution, you know, they have rocks for hitting or maybe a spear or, you know, rocks for flaking off and creating whatever. They they might use uh, plants to create pots, you know, baskets and things. It's, it's very primitive technology in the beginning. And then as man moves through the evolutionary levels, the technology increases. It gets increasingly complex. Now, today, as people look out at the evolutionary revolution we've had, <laughs> um, many would look at it as the technology has really gone too far. There's a lot of very, a lot of complaining about how people focus on their phones, focus on the, the computer apps, you know, more than on each other. And so that there, there's this belief that the technology has created the laws of human contact and all of that. Others look to technology and relish the changes, and they see that the, the new technology helps in so many ways. And, and you all know about that. I mean, with technology, oh, my gosh, we just advanced in so many, so many arenas. Uh, medical arenas, for example, or uh, engineering, you know, all sorts of things. More, for example, safer buildings for earthquakes, whatever it is. We have um, so many advances, the, the going to the moon, you know, whatever, the space, everything. Whether you are happy about those advances or not, they, they're definitely there. And the higher self indicated that in every single arena, every single phase, the viewpoint of the humanities always had these two polarities. There were always some that were happy when the plow was invented, and there's some when that were unhappy, for example. That was a silly, ridiculous uh, example. But for when the car came in, 
you know, some people were happy about the car. Some people were unhappy. So every single movement of the technological advancements, every additional level of complexity and learning has always had these two viewpoints. And they pointed out to me that, in fact, the technology is actually neutral. Um, just like I've said, you've heard me use the natural gas, I think, I hope, analogy where the originating source energy is completely neutral just as natural gas, that we decide how to use the energies that are provided us. We are the directing identities. Just like natural gas, we can choose to use it to heat our food, to warm our houses, or we can choose to use it to you know, stick our head in the oven and commit suicide or uh, do arson. So we have a choice. It's very neutral. And it's the same with technology. We also have a choice. Technology is actually neutral. So with this additional technology, we all will be given opportunities to utilize and to, you know, it will trigger off things. Some of us get a lot of anger when we see certain technologies. Others are totally involved in the technology and do not get anger. But we want to understand that both perspectives are present, that both perspectives have their validity based on who is perceiving it and understanding it, too, that, in fact, it is actually neutral. So the higher self indicated to me that the, the tech revolution is, is important because what is it doing for those of us who are here on a mission? They, they mentioned that it is may, helping us reach our extending and expanding our reach tremendously because that's our mission, guys, to reach the humanity. So it's helping to connect us through the Internet, transportation systems. It's much easier to get to places, uh, to bring people together. It makes all types of bridges that connect us man to man, people to people, nation to nation. Bottom line, the tech revolution facilitates our reaching the masses and spreading the higher frequencies of energy, whether it's direct message like mine or whether it's the indirect veiled message. So that, guys, is the end of the information. And I'm sorry I kind of bobbled it a couple times there. <laughs> uh, and then actually cried a little bit. Um, <laughs> time for all sorts of firsts. I don't know that I've cried on the show before. Maybe I have. Anyway, the next thing we're doing is we're doing this healing on Tim. And as I said, it was referred from Michael from Florida. Maybe I didn't mention that it was referred from Michael. But in any case, this is what Tim, this is how he described Tim's situation to be. Tim is really losing a grip on his life. It's firing, spiraling out of control, and it's like he doesn't know what to do. He even admits it. He's been doing hard drugs, lately more escalated. He had a new girlfriend for a while who was half his age who was also into drugs. He asked his wife the other day to please help him 
in what way he didn't know. In the midst of their impending divorce, she told him that changes start within. He wants to, but he doesn't know how. He's been to rehab before, but didn't stay because he didn't like the structure of it. He goes into panic attacks because at times he thinks someone is out to kill him, literally. We know deep down he's a good person and wants help, but probably doesn't think he's worthy of it. His wife says that he consents to the healing, and both his wife and I would almost go, would almost go out on a limb to say that he's in a perfect storm life. He, I want to thank Michael for bringing this healing, because if we aren't spiraling out of control, we have at some point done it, or we certainly know people who are doing it or have done it. So to me, this is a very relevant kind of situation. So I thank you, Michael. The other thing is that even if we aren't spiraling out of control because of the evolutionary thrust, we could get to that place where we are telescoping or moving into this intense frequency of things needing to be resolved that it could feel like we're spiraling out of control, that we're in a state of chaos. And the higher self recently, I talked about that. So we, we, this is like a perfect healing to do today. And it's very relevant because rather than a perfect storm life, my sense is that Tim is one of those who is trying to resolve and heal and balance so many issues that he holds at that facade level that he is, he's just gone into this spiral. He doesn't know what's happening. He doesn't know how to handle it. He's at a loss. And, you know, my heart goes out to him tremendously. Now, I don't know exactly what's going on yet, but uh, let's go into the amalgamation and let's work on Tim. But I also want everyone to work on themselves because this is very, this is important. Okay, let me just grab some water. (laughs) Water, guys. Okay. Now we all have already been brought into the state of amalgamation by Jones. Very beautiful, very profound, very uh, stimulating, I want to say, and and, um, inspiring words. And so this, my bringing us into a state of one accord is really just icing on the cake. But I do want to, again, help us to refocus. As you know, it is the conscious focus of attention that is so uh, significant. We aren't going to go into an altered state, as Joan mentioned in the beginning, because the consciousness, in consciousness is power. And so in consciousness, the first thing I want everyone to do is simply, okay, before I say that, the higher self brought to my attention that Tim is here. So I want to, I want to be clear that Tim is going to be moving through the, the high, his higher self, they're present, 
that Tim himself is going to be moving this, this through the amalgamation so that he was, he will also be coming into one accord with the totality of all there is, the totality of his beingness, and with the totality of this group um, that, that past, present, and future list, listeners that we uh, activate in every healing on the show. So, okay, so he's here. So now I want all of us to, all of us to focus, bring that focus of attention to the oneness and the nowness of the originating source of all there is, moving into connecting at those levels, connecting with the totality of all souls at all levels, in all dimensions, in all realities. We want to understand that we are joined in one accord with each and every soul and that we are all a part of all there is. We are one with all there is. Now, I have to just say, Tim is standing apart. He is having a hard time conceiving that he is one at the same level with everyone else. And the higher self, they're indicating that he is projecting this, or I'm perceiving it, because he, at the soul human facade soul level, that is really what he's thinking. And this is an indication of where we need to start work when we get to him. In any case, I also want us to focus on the nowness, the nowness being that the totality of who we are, the total journey from the time we were mineral uh, throughout the, the past nows and the future nows are included in this moving and becoming one with the originating source. So, all the past nows, all the future nows, but we are standing in the state of neutrality for in the nowness, it's as if the we see or we're present, the higher energies are present for the totality of the journey. And in this way, we aren't living in the past nows or in the future nows. We're standing in the now, in the neutrality. Uh, and it's such a powerful energy field. And actually, Tim has moved in symbolically to join me. I don't know why this is happening this way, but it's as if he has a sense of trust for me. And he's come in and he's standing in this this nowness. He, he's in the nowness, but somehow he's standing right next to me. It's as if the nowness that's encompassing the totality of both of us. So we are, we are joined in one accord in this place. I've not quite seen it like this before, but we're joined in one accord, uh, and we're all, all the listeners, past, present, future, we're all joined in one accord, standing in the nowness, standing in that state of neutrality, um, bringing with us all that we are, all our energetics, but we're not living out of the space. They are here to be part of the healing process where we can neutralize and uh, dissolve, but they are not. Uh, impinging us because all of those belief systems, all of those energetics create blocks, create limits, uh, ceilings where we can't get past. And so we're standing in the center of this nowness. And I have Tim right by my side. Now he's presenting as very small. I'm feeling him to be very, very small, like maybe up to my hip. Now he's, it's just his projection of who he is. 
But in any case, we want to move on. We want to continue the amalgamation. We want to bring our focus of attention to the pure soul essence. And I'm seeing that activate within Tim. And of course, it's activating within me and for sure within all the listeners. And I want us to know that this pure soul essence that is continually connected to the originating source is filling symbolically, expanding, moving into and around the totality of the physical body, of our etheric bodies, all that energetic that we carry in through and around the soul mind at the fourth dimensional level and in through and around the totality of who we are at the fifth dimensional level. And this means that we encompassed and as part of this amalgamated state is our true soul essence, the totality of all the soul aspects we have at that true soul essence level, including the totality of our higher selves. It also includes who we are at the pure soul essence, pure soul pure facade soul essence so that we are standing connected as well to that purity and all of our soul aspects in any other planet on any on this planet or any other planet are also um, included so it's the conglomerate soul energies of who we are and we are standing well protected very bright, very beautiful light and in this state of amalgamation again, instead of seeing it on the wheel like I've often seen it I see the entire planet it's as if all of us all of the listeners, past, present and future all around the planet are present giving out this beautiful beam of light but we are also connected to others around the planet, known and unknown that at the truthful essence level have agreed to be part of this uh, healing today. And so we are, um, it's just a gigantic array of light around this planet. And it is not only beaming outward to out into the uh, atmosphere symbolically and out into the other universes, the higher selves are taking it. It's also being provided to all the souls on this planet, including all of us and the soul of the planet itself. It's being brought to the uh, astrals, the astral planes, being provided for the astral workers that are utilizing it very well to neutralize the more negative uh, parts of the astral. And it is being the same as being done for the other planetary systems around the human kingdom universe. It's a, um, as, as Joan mentioned, this light pulls up, puts it, she talks about it slightly different direction, but it puts out a call, a call to souls at any level, known and unknown, in body and out, that are ready to take in some of this divine energy that we are providing. And we're activating the higher heart consciousness energy. We want to activate the evolutionary thrust energy and divine acclamation divine serenity, divine clarity of vision and expanding, expanded perfection, expanded perception. We want to activate divine transformation to facilitate the transformation of each and every soul at whatever level it is that are going through this experience, the experiencing of the evolutionary trust. We also want to call, um, activate divine remembering divine remembering because that's where many of us are going. We're moving not to learn, 
but to remember what we already know. So we want to call in divine remembering. Okay. With that, I'm encouraging each and every one of you to, again, do a healing on yourself. But right now, I'm focusing on Tim. He's standing before me. He looks like a man, but he's standing before me as if he's a child. So he's very small, and I have my hand. I'm holding on to his hand symbolically. And it's as if he's he is, I would say, it's a huge cry for help. And at some level, there is a tremendous amount of trust for this process. And he has reached out and he is really, there's so much fear here, but it's a huge cry of help. So I want him to begin to release the fear. The fear, um, he just absolutely doesn't have a clue. There is so much confusion so much misunderstanding, so much fear, and so much pain. This is one of the reasons for the drugs. The pain is outrageous. This pain and, and the, the belief that he's just so worthless and so nothing. Oh, my gosh. He's just, it's almost as if he has very little at all self-worth, self-esteem. But there is some part of him that is being woken up, the part of him that does know, that does remember there's value here. And it's that part that is crying for help. That is the part that has reached out and said, and, and has said, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. All I know is that I need help. So, okay, so um, The drugs also, I can see physically that he has blown a lot of holes in his auric field, which means he's called in a lot of the astral energies that makes it difficult for him to move out of the drug pattern. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff going on for him. And so we need to, or I do need to move forward with it. Um, I want, okay, so let's just, I want to be, I want to call on divine love, divine serenity, and divine uh, healing, divine balance. Divine forgiveness is pretty major because there's an awful lot of self-denigration here and self-hatred. And so I, I want to, I want to really um, call in these energies to help him let go. And there is now stuff beginning to let go. He, he's just beginning to allow some of the pain out. It's been so painful and he's tried to repress it with the drugs. He's tried to um, hide from it. He doesn't want to see it. He doesn't want to look at it. And so much of it is about this belief system that he carries that really say he's, he's terrible. He doesn't deserve any good. He's lowest of the low. He's just all of this. And so he, I want him to really release all of this. I want to call on divine flush. I want to call on the divine material balance from the pure soul essence of the planet Earth, have it move symbolically up his feet and, and be part of the 
divine energies that are encompassing him, washing through him, creating uh, sort of waves of, of energies that help to flush out a lot of the stuff that he carries. Um, okay, I'm just watching it as it as it goes. He he's just he's taking it in, which is kind of um, huge relief on my part because what I'm feeling and sensing from him is just pretty darn deep. It's really really terrible. And he made the decision. I'm seeing the determination. He made the decision to clear this stuff. He made the decision to clear it. He did know at some level how difficult it was going to be to have all of these patterns activated because he's activated a tremendous amount of patterns and has taken all those steps of self-destruction that he was aware of before he came in. And he was literally so tired of this repeating pattern that he just, he just, was determined to come into this place where the energies are such, where the, you know, um, he came into the states where we have open information. He came in where, at a time where the evolutionary thrust is working pretty hard, really doing a great thing. He knew it was going to be, I would say he thought coming in it was 50-50, that he would be able to do this. But he wanted to try. He wanted to give it as much of an attempt as he could. So behind all of this is determination, but it is really hard. There is a very deep self-destructive pattern here. I want all of that to be let go of. To the, the main reason is if you destroy the self, you lay aside the body, you have an OD, you kill yourself in some ways because maybe you lead highly risky behavior, you, in the misunderstandings at the soul level, at the mind level, it's like, okay, you get to avoid the pattern. You don't have to do it anymore. But in fact, you lay aside the body and you realize hmm, you just take the pattern with you and you have to go through it again until you understand. You have to neutralize it, let it go, dissolve it. And so that's what, this is what I want him to let go of. First of all, the misunderstandings that, that self-destruction, laying aside the body, is an option that will actually help because that is a complete false belief. It won't help. And somewhere inside there is that knowingness, that understanding that he does need to let this stuff go and letting aside the body is not how you do it. That just entrenches the pattern one more time for the next life. So I want him to release all those belief systems and I want to put at the top of his head kind of a symbolic vacuum. It's kind of like a just a swirling of air, almost like a tornado. I think we did this before, although I always get confused between my meetup groups and the radio. But it's just like this swirling of air that's sucking out a lot of these belief systems. And along with it is just all of the hurt and the pain that's brought him to this place. Because there's so much pain and he he took responsibility for hurting others or being the cause of them getting hurt. He's just taken on so much self, so much responsibility that's mis, 
misunderstood, mislabeled, just absolutely not correct because none of us is responsible when somebody lays aside the body because each and every soul makes that choice for themselves. No matter how hard he tried to be responsible to help a situation or a condition, if it did not get resolved perfectly, if some people lost their lives or some people got sick or some people whatever, he took it on full blame. There was no understanding of the disease, you know, the the germ theory of disease, for example. So he might have taken responsibility for a epidemic moving into the community because of whatever. He did some taboo thing like walked under a ladder or broken mirror, whatever the taboos or superstitions were of the day, of the planet, of the culture. And then he could have blamed himself when in essence it just had to do with, you know, some people riding in on horses or whatever animal was available from another village that had the disease or another area and brought it with them as carriers because they hadn't gotten it yet. They, the, that's where we all have taken on so many misunderstandings about how we are responsible for so much when we haven't been. So I want Tim to really begin to let go of this over-responsibility pattern and all the misunderstandings that come from it. And there's just so much hurt and grief and sorrow. Oh, my gosh, so much grief and sorrow. Some of the people that were hurt in some way or that died or that whatever were people he loved. Many were just other villagers, maybe they did that he, he didn't necessarily have a personal connection with, but the hurt is both personal and impersonal, but it is deep. And so that is really undermining or per, just, it's just such a propellant for the self-blame that he's taken on, the over-responsibility, the self-hatred even, just self-hatred is here really, really, really here, really so deep. I'm seeing him. He is letting it go. Oh, gosh. He's, it's been part of him for so long. He just doesn't even, he can't even imagine not hating himself. He can't imagine it. Now, this is at the soul level. I don't know what he's thinking at the mind level, but at the facade soul level, he's, that's what he's feeling, that he just hates himself. And he can't, he's hated himself for so long, it's like he can't even imagine letting it go for the most part. But there is that part of him, that stronger part of him that carries the determination. I mean, it's not necessarily stronger, but it is a part of him that carries this determination to let that go. That deeper part of him that knows he has value, that knows He's deserving, that he's worth, that he's good, and that he has worth and value. And I want all of the lack of self-worth and the lack of value and the lack of self-love to be coming out as much, as much, as much as possible.
I want to send in whatever energy that can reinforce and strengthen that inner part of him at the soul level that carries the sense of worth, that was crying for help because it knew there was more there. Now, I want to call in divine love again and divine forgiveness. And it's just, this stuff is just pouring out. I'm just, he's doing a really good job, but the wells are so deep. And it's just black, blackness coming out and moving into the light and being neutralized. Um, I do want to address the drugs specifically. I want the light of divine health and divine wholeness to move in through around the physical body because the physical body has developed um, an addiction pattern and we want to we want to clear the addiction pattern both energetically so we want to clear the energy the addiction pattern energetically but also we want to move in the light of wholeness and divine health divine healing and divine repair into the body into every system that feels the addiction, but we also want to move the light into the energetic system, the past nows and the future nows, the energetic garbage that we have, and let go have that release neutralized to the patterns of, of addiction, the the um, imprints of addiction, the emotional blueprints of addiction, the thoughts of addiction, all of that that we carry at the energetic levels, and it's going to neutralize and it is working on the past now as well as the future now or if you remember what happens in the from the past now and the present now is that we set up almost you know these energies that like that ripple into the future it's as if we set up tracks that we follow on automatic pilot and just repeat these patterns so we want this divine energy to move into the future now to neutralize those tracks to neutralize the imprints that we would just follow, that Tim, in his case, could just follow to continue with the addiction pattern. And these imprints are very deep. Um, it has, as I said earlier, created holes in his auric field. The holes um, make him more vulnerable to calling in negative astral energy, it acts almost like a beacon to call in or a magnet to call in the negative astral energy can even call in uh, entities or uh, disincarnate that come in that are attracted to uh, that kind of pattern. And for the most part, they are disincarnates that have, you know, still need to be educated that are still not very evolved at the, in the human um, evolutionary process. And I'm going to call in Jane and company, and they are here. They are going to facilitate, make sure that they're, that Tim is protected from various drifters that can come in from the uh, disincarnate world that can be kind of a, attached to Tim. Um, they, I'm also calling in, asking that the light neutralize all the dark energy that's in the pockets or the holes that I see around the astral and the auric field. So we're sending in light to neutralize all that energy. And when it's neutralized, we're going to be filling it 
with divine plasma. This is an energy. It's like stem cell energy. It becomes whatever it needs to become. So this divine plasma goes in into the holes around the auric field and becomes that auric energy. Now, those spots tend to be weak in the sense that they aren't fully formed yet, fully meshed, fully as one with the auric field, and they can be blown more easily uh, than creating new holes in the the auric field. So we want to um, bring a symbolic netting of gold, I see, to surround the auric field, to hold the plasma in, to help, help give it time to mesh and meld and become as strong as the rest of the auric field. Um, I am getting help here. Um, I see Charles, uh, not Charlie from my second book, but Charles. He will be a big part of my third book. He is coming in, working with Jane and company. He's part of Jane and company, and he is helping um, helping the – oh, this is so great. He's helping – with Tim's auric field, and he's he's very good at working with a positive astral, and so he's helping in that way too, to infuse the um, and empower some of the energetics, the positive energetics, like proper self-love. I see Charles taking the astral energies of proper self-love and creating an energy that is moving in to empower the proper self-love for Tim. And Tim's thought form, so to speak, of proper self-love was pretty darn small, and it needed empowering. And so that's what Charles is helping to do. He's infusing, and I'm not getting all of the different things that he's using, but he's using the energy in a very positive and powerful way. Of course, they are supervised completely by the higher self. I also see TJ here. TJ is also a a disincarnate that works with Jane and company. And he's also going to be part of my coming up book. And he is here because he was attached before he went through the education process and is now helping. He was attached to a musician who was addicted to drugs. And so he is very familiar to the kind of appeal and lure that someone like Tim would have for the disincarnates that happen to be at that level. So TJ, in essence, is creating a, no, it's so cute. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of like a, a group of souls that almost like um, when you go to AA and you, you talk out your problems and AA meeting, he's kind of creating a meeting where some of these souls can, that might be attracted to Tim will actually come in and be with, with uh, TJ and others that are helping and, will, and they will get them involved in the education process that's ongoing over there. And, and I also, shoot, what was that? It just came in. Oh, yeah. Um, I am going to put on here. No, I'm not. There's there's more that's going on here. I'm actually not going to put it on the show, but I'm going to, for Michael, 
I am going to tell you in some other way of the process so that you can inform Tim. It's just that the I haven't written my third book yet, and there could be a lot of misunderstandings and misinterpretations and misconceptions about what I'm going to say, and I don't want that to go over the air because I haven't written a book yet. And I haven't, I don't, haven't talked about the whole thing with Jane and company and all the wonderful, the incredible stuff that's been going on with them. Um, I haven't really shared much, but I, there's an opportunity here. The higher self brought it in, and Tim is very, very much being helped, being protected, and he is, he's kind of in an incubatory state. I would say he has grown in stature. He's no longer coming up to about my hip. He's symbolically grown in stature because he's let go of enough of the stuff that was keeping him projecting that smallness. There was, he's been, he's been, he's been releasing a lot of, and there's a lot, a lot more of that. There's a lot of stuff coming out of the lower abdomen and out of the, the lower two chakras, there's just a lot of stuff being released, a lot of darkness. And I would say, you know, the male nature, all of our male natures and the lives that we've had, have, um, we've done things in certain cultures that were expected of us. And sometimes we didn't feel good about it. And this is true of my male nature. The, the, it's some lives we've led of men, we've done things uh, because men had the power. And at the time we were in societies that were basically ruled by territory and power and status and wars and this, that, and other. And so as males, we often had very little choice. We either were soldiers or we were hunters or we, you know, whatever. We had very little choice in life. And so we would play out the role as determined by the limited um, nature of the societies. And we, we often did things we weren't happy about. We maybe we tortured people or maybe we um, were soldiers and killed people. I mean, you know, all I'm saying is that at the male nature level, there are stuff and I, we've been victimizers and I do feel that, that Tim is letting go of some victimizer patterns here and that those victimizer patterns, they happened in situations and conditions where there was little choice. There was little choice. Even in the military, our military, up until fairly recently, if you were gay, you had to play out the tough guy role. You couldn't let anybody know that you had a softer side or you, whatever. There was no way you could in any way, shape, or form be any different than the typical male in the military. There was little option. And this is what happened in all so many of these other lifetimes. So I am seeing, and, and actually there's a tremendous sense of relief here because he isn't that person. That male nature is not, that's not who he was. That was actions he went through to fit into the society, to make a home for his loved ones. I mean, you know, maybe the only thing he could do was be a soldier, so, in, in fact, this is really, he's relieved to let this go. And it's pouring out of him, just pouring, pouring, pouring out of him. And it, it's symbolically carried at the lower part of the, the torso simply because these kind of things tend to be very low frequency. So, symbolically, I see them 
see it all coming out of the lower uh, body physically, but it can really be coming out of anywhere. It can be coming out of anywhere. So, and then a lot of the pain and the suffering, the sense of powerlessness and hopelessness and helplessness, Woo, big time. And that that is part of the confusion. When you're confused about something and you don't know what to do about it, you don't know how to resolve it, you don't know how to handle it, you don't know how to fix it, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know, you feel powerless. You feel helpless. You feel absolutely inadequate. You feel like, oh my gosh, I'm nothing. I cannot fix this. And so that, I really sense a lot of this powerlessness coming out from the stomach area, the heart area, just pouring out of Tim. Oh, my gosh. I want to call in divine love, divine forgiveness, divine understanding, divine resolution, divine um, healing, divine wholeness, divine acceptance of the self. I'm going to just see if Jane and company or Charles, Jane or Charles wants to say anything or TJ. No, they're just kind of waving at me saying they're really, you know, they're handling everything on, you know, at the energetic level for him as best they, they can. And um, just to continue. So I, I feel actually really good about this healing, mainly because Tim has taken some major steps forward. I mean, he just has let go of so much. There's a lot of energy moving all up and down his spine, moving in the shock, the backs of the chakras. A lot is processing there. A lot of the energy continues to push the symbolically the the energetics that he needs to be letting go of. A lot of belief systems coming out. A lot of that hopelessness. And I want to call on divine hope and divine faith because there is a tremendous amount of hope here. He is actually doing exactly what his ex-wife suggested, and that was to... Start within, and that's where he's gone. That's what he got led to. The there's very big co-creations here with the people involved with him. So he was brought to this place. He brought himself. He has agreed to be here. He's absolutely letting go of a lot of stuff. And that divine hope and the divine faith, very important. There is hope. There is also here a sense of emptiness that I really need to address. He feels empty. Um, He is so out of touch with all that self-love, that true soul essence, that pure soul essence, his light within. There is a sense of a void or emptiness that is humongous here, and and he tries to fill it in any way he can. So that's another reason for the drugs, and it's really important for him to let go of this void. And he's actually, it feels like he's projectile vomiting this feeling. 
It is coming up from the center of the body and moving up through the throat and out through the mouth, almost like he's throwing it up. So it is just a symbol that I'm seeing. Of course, he's not at home throwing up. But in fact, it is a major, major relief. It, you know how when we throw up, it's like we can't help ourselves. It just comes and we can't repress it. We just let it go. And that's what's, that's symbolically what's happening. He's letting go of the void. It has disconnected him from self-connection, from self-love, from connecting with all that he is in there. It is a complete disconnector. This void, it's not real. It's perceived. It's perceived because of the situations and conditions. And we have this and, and, we, we, many, many, many of us have it for different reasons, and I'm not going to go into it for all those different reasons. But in essence, the, the, this idea of the void and the emptiness, like there is nothing there. Who am I? There's no self there. there it's just like there's no self. And the definition of the self is that there is no self. That's the self-definition. That's the self-identity. There is no self, certainly no self of value or worth, but just this sense of nothingness. I don't know that I've seen this quite so deep before. It's just really, really horrendous, this sense of nothingness inside. And it just really keeps Tim from knowing all that he is inside, knowing that Energy, I-N-N-E-R-G-Y. It keeps Tim from knowing that. And there's so much heartache and heartbreak here. Heartache and heartbreak. Just so much sadness and grief. Sadness and grief. I just ask that he let go of all of that. It's all attached. It's all part of it. It's all connected to this pattern of spiraling out of control. And I'm now being given a symbol of the spiral of Tim spiraling down, but he has symbolically reached the bottom, symbolic bottom, the pure, the uh, rainbow bridge platform, which I didn't even actively set up, but symbolically you all know what it is. And so symbolically, if we look at that platform, he's reached it here. And now the spiraling is slowing down. The spiraling that has brought him here is slowing down. And the spiral itself is falling. It's as if the energies, like if it was ribbon or something being spun around, it's like all the ribbons or all the energy energies that were spiraling have now just fallen to the bottom or fallen to the ground, fallen to the platform of Rainbow Brunch energy, and it's being dissolved. So the spiral itself is now gone. So he's standing on a solid foundation of this platform, and he is, we're going to call in again, divine material balance to help give him that divine balance, um, the ability to materialize from the abstract to the concrete, materialize the moving up the moving up the moving forward instead of the spiraling down so it's as if he's dissolving the old and he's 
recreating the new path. And he's now starting on the Swalwick Foundation here. Okay. Well, he's just, he's almost my height now. He's definitely growing symbolically in stature, no longer feeling quite so small. Charles has really helped doing a lot of empowerment for him. Um, there's a whole bunch of divine energies that are working in, in a similar fashion and adding to all that Charles added from the, the positive astral. So the divine energies are adding a tremendous amount of intense power and so he's standing almost eye to eye not quite the top of his head symbolically is a, is about right at my eye level so there he's not quite to the point where he perceives himself as equal to me or to someone else but there has been a tremendous shift he's looked at me he is looking at me and there's just there's tears in his eyes but tears of relief and tears of appreciation and uh, gratitude. But I want to say to him that I feel the same for him stepping forward and allowing me the opportunity to help not only him, but others like him. And, and he was unaware that that was happening. And in fact, it was happening. The higher south are indicating that much of the energy, uh, if not all of it, that was uh, being processed here for Tim was taken out for all others that have similar issues, uh, known and unknown. So the healing was definitely helping many more souls than just him. There was also energies that were brought into the astral to help in that way. And hmm, the... They, there wasn't a limit as to the type of soul that was helped. So, for example, Tim had manifested through the, you know, using drugs and created the holes in his astral for that reason. The higher selves are indicating that holes in the astral and other ways, other coping styles of dealing with his patterns manifest in different ways for different people. So whenever there was a connection, the energy was brought to those souls some may or may not take it in, but there were many souls that did take in the help that was provided. Of course, it would be at the unconscious level. They wouldn't necessarily know that they uh, took it in at the conscious level, conscious mind level, but they, but this, this energy was provided for a huge amount of souls and the higher selves are indicating not just on this planet. Okay. Uh, and even though they're out of body. So there was a lot of help being given out, even though I was focusing on Tim. And I am now seeing that he has, has a very beautiful cocoon of energy being surrounding him. And the cocoons now, uh, I've discovered, are changing. They aren't exactly the same cocoon that I have been used to over many years. Um, they are now bigger. They are very, instead of, I used to the others in kind of a light blue kind of feel. Now they are more white, white and uh, like twinkling with like little spots of silver and gold, little twinkled, little crystals, look crystalline-like, I don't know. And it's just very beautiful. 
um, very, 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 very beautiful. And it's the higher self indicated to me, I guess, yesterday in a session I had that this is, it's as if it's that individual's own private healing circle. And all of you on the radio show know about the healing circle because of Joan using it. I have not really introduced it to my meetup group simply because it's a different type of group, but they will in the fall. I'll be doing something in the fall that will be introducing it. But you guys understand the healing circle. It's not that the healing circle doesn't still exist. Uh, It exists 100%. You can put any people or situations or conditions in the healing circle. But somehow the cocoon has now expanded to become almost like a private healing circle. It gives us protection and ongoing help with the evolutionary thrusting energy in a very personal way. Our higher selves will be manning our own personal cocoon uh, 24-7 if there ever is a time that other higher selves are needed and necessary. Of course, that will happen. But in fact, it is kind of like our own personal healing circle. So that's been the, the latest of the shifts that have gone on in my uh, my own expansion. And it's very beautiful. And I, I do, at this time, the healing, cir- uh, the healing circle, the healing has ended. Oh, my gosh. And we're almost the show's about to end. Anyway, I didn't, I lost all track of time. Again, I love you guys. I will be here next week, not the next two weeks after that. I don't know yet what next week will be, but thank you, thank you, thank you always for all that you give me simply by being part of this whole connection. And if again, if you want to in any way, shape, or form contact me for any reason, it's jvvmrichmond at gmail.com. Richmond at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out. I so appreciate it. And, um, and with that, and all the love in my heart, thank you. Thanking you all. I say goodbye and have a good week. Thank you for listening to Janet Richmond and the Higher Self Voice. Visit Janet's website at JanetRichmond.com to view all of her upcoming events or to buy her book, Choices, Neutralizing Your Negative Thoughts and Emotional Blueprints. Did you call me?